Today, my guest is Mr. Ed Elliot, who is the principal of the Perth School, Cambridge, which is over 400 years old. He is the co-author of university applications, making a success of them, and a contributing author of leading schools in the 21st century. The reason this episode is special is that I study at the Perth School, Singapore, and I am honored to be interviewing Mr. Elliot. Hi, Mr. Elliot. Welcome to my show. It's a delight to be here, Bednath. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Yes, even I'm very, very honoured to interview you and I'm very excited. Excellent. So far away with your questions. Can you tell me a little about your role at the Perth School Cambridge? I can. So the, the Perth School Cambridge is one of Britain's oldest schools. It's the oldest school in Cambridge. We were founded in 1615 which if my maths is right, means we're 407 years old. Um, And I've been at the school since uh, 1997. I took over as head in 2008. So I care greatly about the school. Uh, And I'm passionate about our values and our values at Perth Cambridge are the same as the values at Perth Singapore. So we believe in endeavour, trying hard. We believe in intellectual curiosity and scholarship. That's why I'm delighted to meet uh, you, because you're so curious. Uh, We believe in breadth and balance, doing lots of other things alongside your academic work. And we believe in valuing one another and the environment and the importance of being kind and considerate to each other, Uh, And those are values that I think we can share all around the world and we can all join together to make the future a bit better by educating children in accordance with those values. So actually, when people ask me what I do as a head, I say my job is to make the future better because that's what it is through educating children well. Wow, you've been at the school for a long time. Yeah, I think I've been at the school before most people in Perth, Singapore were even born, yeah. apart from the teachers. Um, but that's because I care a lot about the school. Uh, and I think the school does a really, really good job in educating children. Two weeks ago, you came and spent time at the Perth School Singapore. Now, what are the similarities and differences between both of the schools? Well, I was amazed by how similar they were. I taught a year seven um, form about leadership. It was the year seven prefects. And I felt that they were very similar to Perth pupils in Cambridge. They were bright. They were inquiring. They were hardworking. They asked good questions. They answered challenging questions, and I was really impressed. And I could see in them the same values that I try and encourage in the students in Perth, Cambridge. Um, So I was really excited. And obviously, there are lots and lots of similarities between Perth, Singapore and Cambridge. We share lots of same similar things like the house systems. Uh, We share a similar approach to various subjects. Uh, And obviously the teachers in the two schools 
are working on various joint projects. Um, and it was just lovely to be able to visit Singapore after the pandemic and see all of that in action. Yeah, I really enjoy learning that uh, school here. It's very fun. And actually, it's really nice that we're developing all these links so that children around the world can study together, communicate, take part in competitions, because we're going to grow up. You're going to grow up into a very globalized world where you will work across international borders. You'll work with people from different countries, different languages, different cultures, different faiths. And I think if you get experience of that at school level, then you're well prepared for the world after school. Yeah, I yeah, I have loads of friends over here. And they're probably friends from all kinds of different backgrounds. Yeah. And as a consequence, you will be much more emotionally intelligent, much more culturally intelligent than perhaps my generation was. And that will mean that you're better placed to succeed uh, in the adult world. So it's a good thing to do. Like you said, both of our schools follow the purse values. How did these values come about? So what we did a long time ago is we asked the students and the pupils at what was then just the Perth School in Cambridge to reflect on what they felt was special about a Perth education. The kind of things that you would never, ever change about the school and our defining features. And they came up with these four values. So I guess we've been, we've been working on them for 407 years, but we only sort of articulated them and wrote them down about 10 years ago. But they, if you like, describe the essence of purse. Wow, I, wow, I didn't know that the value was so new. Well, they're written down quite recently, but I think they represent an awful lot of historical tradition. Any tips on how students can inculcate these values? I think the best thing to do is just to practice them. Um, and the best way to inculcate values is virtually to do it subconsciously, that you don't even know. So let's just imagine, you know, the start of the school day. Uh, I was uh, welcoming the pupils on the steps of the school uh, when I was in Perth, Singapore two weeks ago. Uh, and the first thing I noticed is that the, the deputy head and Mrs. Lamb were welcoming everybody and saying, hello, good morning, how are you? So the very first interaction people had at the start of the school day was all about valuing one another, about being welcoming, about being kind, about being considerate. And that set the tone for the day. And then obviously, hopefully, as many lessons as possible, have as much intellectual curiosity as possible. So people like asking questions, finding out and discovering. So the intellectual curiosity and scholarship value is there. And I know the breadth and balance is there because I know you've got clubs and societies after school. Uh, I know you go swimming off site and that you're visiting various locations in, in and around Singapore um, to develop new interests. So we've got the breadth and balance there. We've got the intellectual curiosity and scholarship. We've got the valuing one another. And then I saw in class how people were trying to do well. They wanted to succeed. They wanted to learn. So I could see all of the, the purse values in action. 
Um, and obviously you can paint them on the wall and you can put them in exercise books and on websites. But the key thing about values is that we have to live them. Uh, and it's all those subtle things in the course of a normal day that mean you're just taking on those values by osmosis. And it all begins with a cheery welcome to the school at the beginning of the school day. Yeah, every morning when I come to school with my with my friends, um, Mr. Tang and Ms. Lamb are always there to welcome us. And that's, that is valuing one another in action. Yeah. They want to say good morning. They're smiling. They want to check that you're okay. You feel valued. You feel part of a community. You feel noticed. And that makes you feel positive about school. And if you walk in through the front door feeling positive, then you'll do well. The secret to a good success, uh, to a good school, is two things. First of all, the children need to feel happy and settled in the school. And then when they're feeling happy and settled and positive about the school, that's when you can really start to challenge them with their learning so they can make great academic progress. But nobody, nobody will be successful in school if they don't feel happy in school and they aren't positive about school. So simple things like those greetings every morning really do make a difference. Yeah, you have been with the school for a long time. How has your teaching experience changed over the years? Well, as you go up through the, the ranks and you become a deputy head and then a head, you tend to teach a bit less. Um, what I do now is I only teach outside the classroom. Um, so I don't deliver lessons inside the classroom, but instead I take children on field trips. Because I actually think that children do a lot of learning in class and it's nice to do some learning outside of class. So I take people to visit various historic and geographic sites uh, and we learn about places and we learn about topics in situ because I think it's a fun way of learning. So I call it local studies. So I take people to visit historic sites around Cambridge, and there are lots of amazing historic sites around Cambridge, and also interesting geographic features. So we go and visit some Roman burial pyramids. Most people think the pyramids can only be found in Egypt, although there are also pyramids in, in South America built by Incas. Um, but you can find pyramids in England. And there are some Roman burial pyramids very close to Cambridgeshire that, that nobody knows about uh, and that I take the students to see. Um, we go and see castles. We go and see deserted medieval villages. Um, we go and look at rock formations. There's a wonderful uh, quarry close to Cambridge, which takes you back 65 million years ago. Uh, to uh, the period when the dinosaurs became extinct. And you can see evidence of that preserved in, in the rocks. So my teaching now is all about taking children out of the classroom and into the real world to do educational visits and to learn about things in situ. And I know you do some of that in, in Perth, Singapore too. You, you, you visit places in order to better understand them. Yeah. Yeah, we do. It's been quite some time since we went on a field trip because of COVID. 
Well, we, we've been lucky that our COVID restrictions, I think, ended a bit before yours. And now everyone's really excited about going on school trips again because it's they're just fun things to do. And it's sometimes nice to learn in environments outside of the classroom. Yeah, ever since we came back to school, at least for year five, the one the grade I'm in, we haven't done any field trips since August. I will tell the teachers they need to try and take you out on some field trips because um, that they're, they are fun things to do. And it's quite nice for children to see the head teacher doing something fun. Yeah. Prior to teaching, you worked at Banknote Printers at Delarue. What made you change your career and become a teacher? What's well, a good question. Um, I think I always wanted to be a teacher, but I thought I ought to try and do a different job first. Um, and it was interesting printing banknotes. I was printing banknotes uh, in the 1990s when the then USSR collapsed and there were lots of independent countries that uh, were independent for the first time and needed somebody to print their, their new currency. Uh, in fact, I printed for a while the Singaporean dollar because um, Delarue used to print that. Um, and I learned an awful lot about how you make banknotes as secure as possible so they can't be counterfeited. Um, did you know that on most banknotes, if you uh, feel where it says Bank of England, Bank of Singapore, if you like the title on the banknote, it's raised. You can actually feel that there's so much ink on the banknote that that ink stinks, sticks up above the level of the paper. It's called intaglio printing. Um, that partly helps people who are partially sighted to feel the value of a banknote, but it's also one of the features that is designed to make it hard for banknotes to be, to be copied. So I learned a lot about banknotes and how you make them secure and how you stop people counterfeiting them. But ultimately, it wasn't for me. It wasn't fulfilling. Uh, I remember I used to sort of clock watch sometimes and think, oh, how long till I can go home? Uh, I have never clock watched in my job as a head teacher or as a school teacher, because there's something really privileged about working with young people, about trying to inspire them, enthuse them, help them develop academically, pastorally and, and morally. And I genuinely believe that teachers are so privileged to be able to do that because we can then help make the future better. We can help people realise their dreams and ambitions. And that's really, really exciting. And there's nothing better than a light bulb moment where you teach a topic to a child, and then suddenly you see their, their eyes light up with enthusiasm. And you kind of know that they'll go away and do some more reading, do some more research. And you, you've lit an intellectual fuse that, that could burn forever. Um, and the school is very good at that. The Perth School has got a history of lighting intellectual fuses that have gone on to burn forever. So um, one of our famous alumni is somebody called Sir Peter Hall. He unfortunately died a few years ago, but he first was introduced to Shakespeare at the Perth School. And later on in life, he went on to make many films, direct many productions, and he founded one of the world's most famous theatre companies, the Royal Shakespeare Company. 
But I think all of that began back at the Perth School in the late 1940s when he was introduced to Shakespeare for the first time. Um, so we all dream of things like that. And we've got um, one of my former students, a girl called Tessa, now plays hockey for England. Uh, I have another former student, student, Alex, who's playing rugby for England. And it's lovely to think that we basically helped introduce them to those sports and now they're playing those supports, those sports at international level. And that's a real sense of, of achievement. But it doesn't have to be just the top performers that you get excited by. I get excited by the progress of all students, irrespective of where their studies eventually take them. It's so nice that the Perth School helped these people achieve their dreams. And I'm sure it'll help me achieve mine. And that's really good. And, you know, you'll learn a lot just about this interview. Um, you have to remember that learning is lifelong and learning occurs everywhere and you should never stop learning. So, yes, you'll learn in in lessons, but you'll also learn in break times about how to relate to other people. Um, You'll learn um, not just in school, but you learn out of school on trips and activities and things you do with your family. But learning is part of those things that make life fun and, and learning should always be lifelong and you should never stop learning. Uh, and we all learn something new every day. Yeah, I learn something new every day over here. And that's how it should be. Never stop learning something new every day. You have co-authored a book on making successful university applications. Can you share some tips on getting into a good university? How early should somebody start planning or preparing for this? So, obviously, applying to university is something you do towards the end of your, your secondary education. Um, but you can lay the foundations for it at an early stage. So what you want all students to do is to really develop excellent communication skills, excellent digital skills, excellent numerical skills, excellent literacy. Um, because if you've got all of those foundation stones in place, then you will succeed in the exams you take at secondary level. Uh, and if you get good grades in those exams, whether they're uh, GCSE or baccalaureate exams, then obviously you're well placed to gain entry to top universities. Um, around the world, most universities, the most select selecting universities, the top universities, select pupils on academic ability. So they are going to look at your scores in exams or in university admissions tests and that will influence them as to whether they offer you a place or not. So anything you can do, even from an early age, to develop the core academic skills will actually be very helpful in preparing for university. Um, different countries have slightly different attitudes to university selection. Um, in British universities, they look at your um, academic uh, scores, your results in exams and tests, but they also want to know a few other things about other stuff that you do that the university might benefit from. And this is true of American universities, too. So do you do any music, any sport, uh, any clubs or societies that will 
bring value to the university community. But the key thing about university is that you, you need to study the subjects that you enjoy and you need to study the subjects that you're you're good at because you don't want to go to university for three or four years at considerable expense and study something that you don't enjoy and you're not good at. So you, when you apply to university, you must follow your intellectual passions. Uh, you must follow your intellectual heart and do something that you really enjoy. Because if you really enjoy, you'll try hard at it. You'll put the hours in, you'll excel, and ultimately you'll get a really good university degree. And that will help you into the world of, of, of work. Um, but I have a few, I also have a few bits of advice. I think things like really good communication skills are excellent. One of my little mantras at the purse is can you deliver maximum meaning? from the minimum number of words beautifully expressed. Now, I've probably failed in this podcast, but just think about that for a second. Every time you say something, do you say it in a really succinct way? Is it really, really clear? And is it done in a beautiful way that people just want to read? And if you can communicate like that, that's a real skill for life that won't just get you into a top university. It will mean that you, you excel in your subsequent career. But no, I'm, I know we haven't quite got to the end of our list, but I'm going to have to stop now um, because I've got a nine o'clock meeting. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I, I hope that um, those answers give you something to play with for your podcast and something that you can you can use to inspire others uh and i think you're to be commended for your for your efforts um what i like about this is you're asking good questions but you're using an innovative media that uh young people within will engage with uh i'm sure that you will go on to be very successful because you're already developing a lot of the the criteria for success. You have time for one last question. What are your hobbies? Uh, my hobbies. Well, I'm very busy uh, with my day job, uh, but everybody needs a hobby. It's good for your well being to do something different, to take a break. And when you take a break, you often can think about things and process things and make sense of them. So what I like doing is I like gardening. I like horticulture. So uh, one of the things that's very important to me at the Perth School in Cambridge is to make sure that the outside spaces at the school are really, really attractive uh, and that they're good for wildlife uh, and that they're full of plants that are beautiful with lovely smells. So I think that is good for, for pupil and staff well-being. Um, and I'm very envious of the fact that obviously in Singapore, you've got a climate where everything grows all year round. Um, unfortunately, in the Perth Cambridge, we have this thing called winter, where everything is dark and cold and frosty and nothing grows. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I love coming to Singapore and visiting places like uh, the, the gardens by the bay and your botanic gardens, uh, or the Bukitima Nature Reserve just across the road, because you've got this wonderful, luxuriant vegetation that is interesting all year round. You don't have winter. Excellent. Oh, 
So I'm going to leave you now, but thank you so much uh, for interviewing me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. I really enjoyed speaking to you. I learned a lot. Excellent. You will do very well in life, I am sure. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedan, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone and get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedan wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedan.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedan. And don't forget to read and leave comments.